Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro.co slash clink listeners i know we all love to clink clink but maybe you're looking to clink clink and cut back you know what i mean are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year well recess is a great tool to assist you because recess mocktails are zero percent alcohol made with real fruit only 25 calories or less sweetened with agave infused with functional ingredients and they taste just like your favorite cocktails just without the alcohol i love the recess paloma because i love the ritual of pouring myself a lovely drink to unwind I love doing that every night. I think it's essential. Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails is my go-to to go chill. So get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash clink. And you too can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Clink, clink. Gretchy. Hey. Hey, guess what we're doing this week? What? We are going to do a live Zoom recording of our podcast this week. Oh, no. Does that mean people are going to see what we look like when we do this? That's what it means. Are you surprised? Are you ready for this? I guess I'll comb my hair. And put on some clothes? And I will try to keep it clothed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. So, you guys, we are going live on zoom wednesday at 4 30 pacific coast time and 7 30 east coast time if you're in between i know you guys are smart enough to figure it out what time it is find info on our instagram or facebook and if you are not on one of those then email us at housewives of true crime at gmail.com and i will send you the link and we hope to see you there with a cocktail in hand yeah can't wait we're gonna do bonus at the end and trivia and it's gonna be real fun so see you there clink clink hi and welcome to housewives of true crime welcome welcome i am tabitha Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are.
Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome to Taco Tuesday. It's only fucking Tuesday. It's only Tuesday for us recording, but it's Monday for everybody else. So you guys, why don't we all have tacos tomorrow, which is Tuesday the next week? Okay. Should we? We should all have tacos and post it. Uh, No? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Gretchen doesn't like that idea. All right. Fine. Well, because I'm not into going to the store. Yeah, you don't have to go to the store. I'm sure you have tortillas and meat in your house. I don't have no? taco-sized tortillas. I only have burrito-sized tortillas. Do you have masa? No, I don't. Oh, okay. You can have burritos then. What are you drinking today, Gretchen? I'm drinking a vodka soda with a splash of the orange juice. Me also, or me as well know how you're supposed to say that. So I want to tell you a funny story, Gretchy. Yeah, tell me. Okay, you know how we're both doing these workout groups? I'm doing the yeah. Kayla, Sweat with Kayla. Mm-hmm. And Gretchen's doing one called what, Gretch? It's called the Living Edge. Living or, Edge. No, Ladies Edge. Ladies I wouldn't edge. know because, you know, I signed up, but I haven't technically like done it well I did my first (laughs) exercise yesterday and I am like you when I exercise I could barely sit down right now so it's good so I just started it and I do it in my backyard and so today for my workout outfit which I wear all day I put you know my leggings on and just a sports bra and a sweatshirt and because nobody's gonna see me in my backyard I could just take my sweatshirt off Well, my husband had a little break from work and he's like, let's go on a walk with the kids. And I got real hot. And so I took my sweatshirt off and I just had my sports bra on. And my son was like, why are you wearing that, mom? You need to put, where's your shirt? (laughs) Oh, you embarrassed him. I totally embarrassed him, right? And then I was like, oh, whatever. Nobody's out in my neighborhood. It's just us. Like, who cares? And it's not something I would normally be walking around in my sports bra, right? Yeah. So then, of course, we run into a whole family from Kyla's school. Oh, please. Now I'm that mom that's in her sports bra. Oh, yeah. On the walk. You know, I'm that mom. Yeah. You know, I have one of those moms at my school back when we saw each other. Yes, I know. And you told me about her before. (laughs) You're like, she always wants to just wear her sports bra. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, it's cold outside. I get it. You have abs. You're ripped. Congratulations. I know you're cold. But I'm not ripped like that. Mm, You're pretty. Uh, Listen, I can't even. I literally cannot fit into my underwear. That's why not right now. (laughs) Oh, God. That's what the quarantine has said to me. You I'm cannot. I'm not wearing underwear because they don't fit. Gretchen, you cannot let yourself go like that. You need to get it together. You need to start this lady's edge now. Well, given that I'm already day drinking today, I don't think today is the day it's going to happen. I like to go in stages. Like yesterday I pay. Today I think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tomorrow you'll do it? Tomorrow we'll see. You need to do it. Should we start like a 
I don't know, a challenge or something or something we can motivate each other. Gretchen said there's somebody from our podcast listener on the Ladies Edge too, Audrey Elizabeth. So yeah, I saw her on the page. I was like, I know that girl. So she she's needs to get real you in good in. shape. Listen, Audrey, thanks, but no thanks. If you're thinking about taking Tabitha's advice at motivating me, I, <laughs> I am like not receptive. I have to do it on my own. Oh, God, Gretchen. You. I'm going to. me bananas. I know. I know. But listen, it's stressful out there. Is it? Is it not? Well, lots of people lose weight when they're stressed. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I'm not either, but I'm going to try to like maintain. Okay, okay. So I'm going to try to motivate you even if you're getting pissed off at me. Listen, okay. But in fairness to me, you are on spring break right now and I'm still in homeschool. Yeah, I know. Okay, so yes, I... The last two weeks of my homeschooling, I had hardly any time to work out. But the good thing is, is that Ladies Edge is, I think, 23 minutes or 20 minutes. That's what got me to sign up. Kayla's is 28 minutes. It's doable. You can do that. It's not that Listen, I've done that Kayla thing before. It's too hard. It is really hard. It is. Yeah. And she's too skinny. I don't trust her. (laughs) I know. She shows all these (laughs) pictures like before and after. And I'm like, okay, but. They're not just doing your program. They are also not eating any carbs. Yeah, neither is she. No, she's not for sure. She says she eats a Mediterranean diet, but I don't know. There is just no way. Mm -hmm. She's not eating carbs at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gretchy, I am giving you a story today, another story out of Texas. All right. I can't stay away from Texas. And I, I don't mean we're to. Drawn, we're drawn there. It's it's not because I am looking for Texas cases. It's just just happens. Yeah, what part of, of Texas? Sugarland. What? Ooh. You know Sugarland? No, I don't. Sounds really like a place you want to live, though, doesn't it? It does. I think it is, actually. So, should we get into it? Yeah. All right. So, like I said, this story comes out of Sugarland, Texas. I almost want to say it in like a Sugarland. Yeah. It is, Gretchen, a nice upscale city outside of Houston. Okay. With a little less than a hundred thousand people population with beautiful houses. Okay. It's one of those places, Gretch, that we would want to live okay it's also a very big christian population but texas has a very big christian population with big churches and the families are bound by faith well everything's bigger in texas that's true you know when you drive through they've got that giant cross you don't yes. drive through on I-40. Yeah. I think it's I-40. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and there's, every time I go there, there's churches everywhere that have thousands of members. Oh, well, there's that mega church that Joel Osteen 
Mm-hmm. I know, but that's not, I mean, that's just one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, this was no different for the Whitaker family. This Christian family looked like the picture-perfect all-American foursome in December of 2003. Trisha, the Texas-loving mother, retired school teacher. She wanted to be a stay-at-home mama. Then there was Kent, the father. He looked like, you know, any old dad in town. Mm-hmm. And their two boys, Kevin, 19, and Bart, 23. Besides going by the name Bart, which is actually his middle name, which I find is odd because I don't really like the name Bart. But yeah. other than that, they were the picture-perfect kids. Yeah, because it isn't like Bartholomew. No, it's actually Bartlett. Bartlett. Interesting. I have a I have a cousin named Bart, but I don't like he's married into the family. I don't know if his real name is like Bartholomew or oh, Bartlett. Bartlett is he actually... just goes by Bart. He seems like a Bart, but he's old. I don't picture anyone young in 2003 as being a Bart. Sorry, no. Bart, you are old. Well, now Bart is 40. Right? Okay. Well, my Bart is like 60. Yeah. Well, no, I I think, and Bartlett was the mother's maiden name. Okay. So that's Oh, well, that's the reason. Why didn't you open with that? I know that's the re well, but why would you call him Bart? Why wouldn't you just go by Thomas, his name? Mm. All their family photos, they were happy, healthy, adventurous, and a super tight family. They went on ski trips, vacations to tropical destinations like Cancun, and they were living a really nice life, an American dream. And I think it was. Kent worked as a controller for the family construction company that had been around for at least a generation or two, and he used all of his money to make the family happy. In 2003, Kevin, the younger son, was a sophomore in college, had lots of friends, was a devout Christian like his parents, played sports, and had a girlfriend. Bart, who I just told you was named Thomas Bartlett, Mm -hmm. was a senior in college getting ready to graduate magna cum laude. He was well-liked, had a girlfriend and friends, just like his brother. The only difference was that Bart's faith in the Lord was not as strong as his brother or his parents. Trisha and Kent were proud of their sons. They thought to themselves that they did good, and they were a real happy family. When Bart finished his last final exam, he called his mom And she was ecstatic. She actually told him, like, I could scream so happy for you. So they decided to take Bart out for a celebratory dinner and gift him with a fancy watch, Gretchy. Oh, Uh, boy. uh Uh-huh. His dad went out and bought Bart a brand new Rolex. Oh, damn. Which I'm like, a 23? Holy heck. Yeah. That's pretty flashy for a 23-year-old. I think so, too. Everything was blissful that night. They took pictures, had dessert, and then they headed home back to their house. And just like that, all four were ambushed by gunshots. Whoa. Kevin, first shot in the chest, next Trisha, then Kent and Bart. They didn't even have a chance to make it past their front entryway. 
and Kent didn't even make it into the house. Neighbors heard the gunfire and called the police and rushed over to see what was going on. They found Kent still breathing and alive, and Bart, too, was hit and alive. But Kevin, he was motionless and gone. Trisha was gurgling with her last breaths, trying to fight for her life when the emergency services showed up. They airlifted Trisha and Kent to the hospital and drove Bart, who was the least wounded, to Houston Medical. How did this happen? This amazing family just slashed in half? According to Kent, in a book that he wrote, he knew that his son was gone right away and that his wife was taking her last breath. And as he got to the hospital, he would ask if they were dead. And when he learned that his family was taken, he immediately vowed to forgive whoever murdered his family as he says that they were cowards. You see, Kent's faith in God and Christianity is so much deeper than I can even imagine. But, you know, I know that Christians believe you forgive as Jesus has forgiven. Yeah, but that's a little quick. Dude, I think so too. So it's real quick. And I don't know what to think of it. It's hard for me to think like that because I'm, although I am Christian, I just, I, I wouldn't be like that somebody killed my family I, no I way kill them yeah no um, way but Kent before he even knew he was like I'm gonna forgive them and maybe that's just I don't know that's his way of coping I guess well Kent was in the hospital the detectives visited him to ask questions like they do okay and they gave Kent a piece of information that made everything look a little bit off. Bart, Kent's loving son, who was waiting to have surgery from his gunshot wound to his arm, wasn't actually graduating college. He never made it past his freshman year. Whoa, that's quite a long time to pull off that charade. How did his parents not figure that out? I don't know. I think they're really naive people. So for three years, Bart was living in a condo that his parents bought for him. And he was working at a yacht club and partying and spending all of their money. Yeah, like he would have had to have said write me personal checks for the tuition and books and stuff, right? Yes. So I'm thinking maybe they just put it in his bank account and he was like, oh, I'll just pay for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that he killed his family, you know? So Kent was, for sure, it wasn't possible. But it did make the detectives real suspicious. Yeah. Kent was furious with Bart's lies, but it didn't seem like Kent was surprised that Bart would lie. So he wheeled himself over to Bart's room in the hospital and told him he was crazy for lying and he was making himself look like a suspect because of his lies. And Bart insisted that he just needed a couple more classes. No big deal, dad. I am graduating. I need a couple classes. And that's crazy to think that I would have anything to do with this. And 
Kent agreed. Kent had given everything to Bart. Why on earth would he want to kill his family? And two, he got shot also. So, I mean, doesn't really seem like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. So the two got out of the hospital, held a huge funeral for Trisha and Kevin, celebrated Christmas as much as they could, and started to really bond. Kent and Bart at least had each other, and Kent held on to this for Bart was actually his last blood relative that he had. Bart had moved out of his condo and in to stay with his dad, and every night they started reading scripture and having Bible study together, and Kent felt like Bart was really becoming a better Christian, and he loved the time that he had with his son. Although Kent and Bart were moving on with their lives, the detectives were not. They were looking over all the evidence that they had, which was they had this intruder that left a glove behind, left the gun behind. He had pulled out some dresser drawers in the house, but nothing seemed to be missing. The door and the alarm were open and undone. Like the alarm was off. It wasn't like blasting. And the Whitakers had turned the alarm on when they went to dinner and locked the doors. So it was kind of interesting that there was no forced entry. The gun that they found was actually from a safe in the Whitakers home. And it had a partial palm print on it, but nothing that they could make sense of. The safe had been pried open with something that looked like a crowbar with some blue paint on it. And they had taken all the phones and computers from the Whitaker's home, but Bart's phone was missing that night. So they didn't have, they had all the other family's phones, but Bart's. So other than that, they didn't have much until they got a interesting visit from one of Bart's friends named Adam Hip. Okay. Adam told the police that Bart wanted to kill his family two years prior and actually tried to get Adam to do the deal. Adam lays out the entire thing for the police, and it looks like an exact replica of what just happened. Scary. Scary. So funny or not really funny at all, Kent was somewhat privy to this knowledge. In 2001, Kent gets a phone call or a a knock on the door. I can't. There was two different reports. So any, whatever way, the police got in contact with Kent and said, hey, are you guys okay? Because we got a call from a girl that is worried that you are going to be killed by your son. And Kent's like, yeah, we're fine. Everything's good. Calls Bart. It's like, what is this? I got this weird call. And he's like, oh, that's so crazy. We were having a party and this girl was drunk. And she must have overheard us talking about the Mendez brothers. I was just thinking about the Menendez brothers. And hello, that is why he was so quick to be like, I'm going to forgive whoever. Because even if he didn't want to admit it to himself, he knew in the back of his head his son had something to do with this. I think so, too. Because isn't that weird? Like, you get this call. You talk to your son. I'm sure even though as much as he doesn't want to admit it, like he knew there was something off about his son probably for a long time. 
Yeah. So I think he's just in denial for sure. So upon Adam going to the police, they set Adam up to help them. And they have him call Bart and say, hey, I'm going to go to the police with this information unless you pay me $20,000 to shut me up. Right. Okay. And guess what? What? Bart sends him money. Uh, I don't think it was $20,000. I think it was like more like two hundred. But, um, But at least they got Bart not on the call admitting that he – he did it, but he was like, hey, let me pay you some money to, like, have you not bring that up. Yeah. Well, that transfer of money, that, that'll get you. Yep. Yeah. So at that time, they needed to find out who would have helped Bart in this scheme. So they look at Bart's two closest friends and coworkers, Chris Bashir. And Stephen Champagne. Stephen Champagne? I love that last name. Yeah. You can't be a murderer and have that last name. No. So these guys were not really shady characters, but they weren't like collegiate students that went to a Christian college. Okay. Okay. So they bring these two guys in to question them. And... You know, they say they have nothing to do with it, but the police, they think they do. So they're like, yeah, we'll give you DNA samples. We'll give you scent samples and the police run with it. They actually found that the scent of the glove that was left behind had Chris's scent on it. Ooh, I haven't heard that kind of evidence. Mean either. Me neither, but I wonder if it's even, I know it's like dogs that sense stuff, but they need more than that. I mean, you can't be like, oh, my dog sense your scent and then their scent, you know? Yeah. So all this stuff is adding together, but they need, they need more. While they were putting this case together, they went to Kent and they were like, hey, Kent, you're in danger. You're living with your son and we think that your son has something to do with this. They... And Kent is just like, I'm not going to believe you until you have some concrete evidence that you want to give me. And at the time, they just can't give Kent what they know, you know, so they're just they're kind of warning him. And Bart is feeling the tension. So what does any criminal that doesn't want to be caught do? What? Run away. Run away. So in July 2004... Bart tells his dad one night that he's going to stay at his fiance's house. Yeah. Bart oh, actually he had got some engaged. lucky lady. Oh, jeez. Did. So remember the girlfriend that I told you he had before? He had ended up proposing to her, which now I'm like, okay, so where did you get the money for an engagement ring? Oh, your dad again? Your daddy paid for that? Yeah, that's not cool. I know. But whatever. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. 
Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Where are all my lady listeners at? Because I am talking to you. Is your time of month an easy breezy situation? Or are you like me? And for about a week before your period starts, all you want to do is stay in bed and also eat anything and everything. Or maybe you're experiencing the joys of menopause or that sneaky bee perimenopause. Well, then ladies, you've got to try Hormone Harmony. Hormone Harmony is made by the Happy Mammoth Company, which I've been a big fan of for a while now. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called aptogens. Now, here's the beauty about aptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold like hot flashes, night sweats, racing thoughts, low moods, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed with someone. You know what I mean? Yes, Hormone Harmony can help with all those things. And the biggest benefit is feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code CLINK at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use code CLINK for 15% off today. CLINK CLINK ladies. I, I think Kent needs some parenting skills. Yeah. Um, and this fiance, she was a good Sugarland girl with a very well-to-do family. And Bart leaves her too. So Bart takes his Yukon that he was that he had his driving. He takes it to a shady apartment complex, leaves the door open with the car running, and he's gone. He leaves his dad in the dust with no explanation. And I think this is when Kent 100% knew that his son was the murderer. But still, Kent's faith in God gave him some sort of solace. Bart was gone, and during this time, the police worked on the two guys that were Bart's friends until they broke. Oh, what'd they say? Steve came clean, telling the authorities that he was the getaway driver, and Chris was the one that pulled the trigger. 
And you know, I think this is how they got it. Because Texas, they love the death penalty. Oh, yeah. And I think they can use that to get people to confess. Because they could be like, well, take it off the table. And, and you know, if you're put to death in Texas, you're actually going to die. Oh, yeah. It's not like in California, you'll just sit on death row until you Forever. die of old age. Yeah. How long has Scott Peterson has been on death row for ever? No, I mean, we're never going, it's never going to happen. So Steve even told them that they dumped a bag into Lake Conroe, Conroe, I think it's called. Okay. And guess what? A dive team found it. It had a cell phone, a glove. That matched the other side of that other glove, a water bottle, and a chisel with some blue paint on it. And the water bottle had Chris's DNA under the cap. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the cops had two out of the three guys, but they really needed Bart, the mastermind behind this whole thing. So they put up a $10,000 award for anyone that would lead them to the whereabouts of Bart. And guess what? What? Somebody came forward. This guy named Rudy Rios. He wants the $10,000. So he tells the police that Bart is actually going by the name Rudy Rios. (laughs) About 30 miles south of the border in Mexico. And... That Bart paid him $3,000 to have his identity and help him get out of town. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Rudy. Rudy double dipping. Double dipping. <laughs> he got thirteen grand out of this scheme. All right. So police were able to track down Bart, and he was in Mexico for a year and a half on his little holiday. It was up, man. Actually... Bart's life in Mexico was not really a holiday. He worked at first in a farm and then, or in the fields or something. And then he attended church in Mexico. He met a girl. Her family took him in and gave him a job at a furniture store. So his life in Mexico, I would say it wasn't like he was lying on the beach in Cabo going to the office drinking cervezas. Bart was duping a loving family into thinking that he was an only son to a sex worker mother who never loved him and just gave him money. He said he was a war veteran and that he was shot in Afghanistan and needed to get away. Okay, Bart. So when Bart was brought in, he knew his time was up and maybe just maybe he had okay. put his poor father through enough. The authorities asked him how he talked his friends into doing his dirty business. And he says, I told them what they wanted to hear. I told them I would pay them and split my parents' millions with them. In which he never paid them a dime. Of course. No, he didn't because his dad didn't die. So Bart decides to plead guilty, but not before trying to make a deal to get the death penalty off the table. And the prosecution wasn't having it. Bart didn't seem remorseful for his actions. And 
The only one that stood by him was his dad, and his dad was a victim. Bart's father would stand by him with unconditional love that reaches far beyond my realm of understanding, but he did. And the unfortunate thing for Bart was the jury didn't. As Kent pled for his son's life to the jury, the jury found Bart actually deserved the maximum penalty and he was sentenced to death. This case made national news, and even Lisa Ling on Oprah interviewed Bart in 2014, where this is where we get into kind of like what, why he would do this, I guess, Gretch. He says he resented his parents for loving the person that he, they wanted him to be rather than the person that he was. He was hiding the person that he was to always act like the person he felt his parents wanted him to be. He resented his brother for being more than he was, having friends, smart, and made Bart feel inadequate. I believe Bart felt that way, but I don't believe that Bart's feelings were a true interpretation of reality. Because I think Bart was a 23-year-old spoiled brat. Yeah, I'm sure he had something mental, like he was probably borderline personality disorder or like some kind of disassociative, you know, ness. Yes, I think so also. Yeah. I mean, his parents gave him everything and they even overlooked some red flags that maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe they should have given him some consequences when he was younger. For instance, Bart in high school broke into his school multiple times and only got caught when he was stealing computers and he was arrested. And he told his parents, oh, it's no big deal. It was just a prank. We were going to give the computers back and... His parents bought his lie. Well, I don't know about you, Tab, but if I would have got caught breaking into my school and getting some computers, my parents would not have let oh. me off the hook for that. Oh, no way. No, 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 way. no, no, no. They would have thought, what the fuck is wrong Sam with you? Yeah, 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 that's I mean, what I would have heard. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be too scared of my parents to even think about doing that. And I think that that's also the problem. It's like they were too nice. I think that Kent and Trisha were just too nice of people. And when you hear Kent talk now, it's like you still think that. Yeah. Kent, come on. I read his book. I read his entire book about this incident. And I feel for the guy, man. But he really – he has these – Bible scriptures in where he dismisses all of the actions of Bart because he's like David and Goliath and he has all these other things like he he interprets those things into his own personal life which makes sense but it's also like maybe not reality it's pretty hard to accept that your son would be capable of doing something like this and I imagine it's also really hard to accept that you played some role in this. And by looking the other way, by not giving your son consequences, 
you are playing a role. Yeah. Yeah, true. Sorry. Harsh. Feel bad for the guy. It's harsh, but yeah. Okay. So after he gets arrested for breaking into his school, they move him to another high school, to a Christian school where he finishes his senior year there. Then when he goes to college, they don't even check to make sure he's actually going to college. I guess they're just paying for everything to Bart directly. And they buy him a condo in his name. I know. And in his father's book, which I had talked about before, it's called Murder by Family by Kent Whitaker. He references Bart's house multiple times saying like, I had to sell Bart's house and Bart moved out of his house and how he owned his own house. And I'm like, look, Kent, Bart didn't buy his own house. You bought Bart's house. That's your house, buddy. Then his family dismisses the cops coming to him and coming to them and telling them that he was plotting to kill them the first time. So all these things, you know, and then he graduates, they buy him a Rolex. They don't even check to make sure he's graduating. I mean, also when you graduate college, don't you send out graduation slips and people come and I I just feel like, did they order all those? And then Bart was like, oh shit, I'm actually not going to be walking down. What? Yeah. You need invitation tickets. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's what you know, broke the camel's back for him. He's like, I got to get out of this somehow. And the best way to do it for off him everyone. Off his family, yeah, why I guess. not? Yeah. And nobody would think, you know, if his family had all died, they wouldn't think about Bart's graduation the next week, like his grandparents yeah. or whatever, you know? So I don't think that Bart is capable of feeling love or remorse, actually. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that Kent's efforts that he put into Bart for years possibly was only for Kent himself. Kent went on to visit Bart every week for 11 years until 2018 when Bart, who now goes by the name of Thomas, was sent to be executed. He had exhausted all of his appeals and his dad came to visit him the day that he was to be executed. He had his last meal. Do you know what his last meal was? And yes, it was enchiladas. Interesting choice. Which is what I'm having tonight. Interesting choice. Actually. What would your last meal be? Oh, I think it would be filet mignon with French onion soup, a wedge salad, and carrot cake. Okay. With ranch yeah. dressing. Mm, that's my favorite meal. So, or it would be, actually, and then I would have Mexican food on top of that. I would just gorge myself. I think I just want a cheeseburger. Uh, I love cheeseburgers too, but I love some chips and guac, a burrito. I would try to okay. eat it all. Oh. Anyways, 40 minutes before the lethal injection was given, the governor of Texas, for the first time in 10 years, commuted Bart's sentence to life. No way. 
Yes. Damn. And he got enchiladas. And he got enchiladas. Lucky. Yeah, lucky, lucky Bart. Or Thomas. Whatever. Victory for Kent. Because, you know, Kent forgave Bart long before Bart was sentenced. And Kent is really the true victim in this story. And to take his last relative from him, even though he is the perpetrator, it would be hurting the victim again. And I'm just not sure that that's justice at all. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's doing him a favor taking his son (laughs) off his hands. Then he's not manipulated by him anymore. It's hurting him and he doesn't even know it. Yeah, you're right. That's just me. You're right. Okay, I, I agree with you. Thomas Bartlett Whitaker gave a statement after his commutation in which he said his commutation is for his dad and not for him, and he is happy for his father. Again, I'm like, dude, there's no remorse there. And I think he's for sure where he belongs for life. I think that he probably would have been a real bad guy forever if he would have got away with it. Yeah. Um, Thomas Bartlett, or whatever you want to call him, still says what people want to hear. And like you said, like he's still probably manipulating his dad. He says that he's a different person now, hence the name change. And he reads the Bible in prison. And he tries to be the son his father would have wanted him to be. Kent continues to love and visit his son in prison. And Kent has since been remarried to a lovely wife. Well, that's nice for Ken. That, yeah. He's, um, and this woman, super cute, loves Thomas also. She goes to visit him and has a relationship with Thomas. I'm not convinced that he's a changed person, but Kent sure thinks so. And maybe just maybe that's all that really matters. Well, as long as he's behind bars. I don't really, to be honest, I don't really get the whole like uh, arguing against the death penalty. I mean, I kind of think it would be appealing if I was looking at, at as a 23 year old as spending the rest of my life in prison. Yes. And I and almost with Bart's statement when he made that. I felt like that's what he was saying. Like, hey, he said also, like, I I deserve what I'm going to get. And maybe he feels that way, too. Like, maybe he's like, oh, he has written books also about prison life and how it's awful, which it's not supposed to be fancy, buddy. Like, you committed a very awful crime. And you even had somebody else do the do it for you because you're such a freaking yeah. coward. So I don't think it should be fancy. I think it should be hard. Now you asked me about Chris. He pleaded guilty in 2007 and the death penalty was taken off the table for him. And so he received life in prison with the possibility of parole in 30 years. Okay. So I think he got off pretty easy. And then Steve Champagne 
he took a deal and got 15 years in exchange for testifying against Brashear and and Whitaker. He should be like a DJ on like, um, you know, like late night love songs or something. Steve Champagne. he's actually i feel like he'd play those kind of songs yeah you know what you might just see him on coast 103.7 in the year 2020 which is what we are in now because that is when steve champagne is up for parole i tried to look i was like oh is he out yet but they might just let him out. Oh my gosh, they are letting. Early. I read an article today. They're letting a bunch of prisoners out of the OC County. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so maybe Steve Champagne is going to be uh, your yeah. next DJ, DJ in love songs. And hopefully he learned his lesson. Oh, okay. No, I don't. Okay. So that's the story of Thomas Bartlett Whitaker. I do kind of remember when it happened because I thought I the name really stuck out. And then I was like, why wouldn't he just go by the name Tom? You know, I don't get the um, own channel anymore, but I do miss those Lisa Ling interviews. Mm-hmm. I love her. She is really great. Yeah. She is. So um, that's all for today, folks. Mm. It was not uplifting at all. But it was distracting. And that's what we need. And that's true. Yeah, I do have a little bone to pick with all you people out there. Not all you people, but, you know, just some people. All these people that are like criticizing, you you know, people for like, God, you just are like watching Tiger King and, you know, all filling your mind with crap when people are dying out there. Yeah, we're aware. We're aware. But we all need a distraction. Right? Yeah, it's true. We're carrying the weight of the world. So why don't you get off your moral high horse and let us all get through this together and don't judge if we like okay. Bravo. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you that you like Bravo. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I read a article in Time, New York Times, I think it was in. And this woman had written a story about her husband who had coronavirus, and she basically was talking about how all these other people are out here making memes and laughing about it, and she is in a hell, right? Her husband is on his deathbed, and he was a 57-year-old guy that rode five-hour bike rides, so he was a healthy guy. And I don't think he died, but he was in real bad shape. And she describes it. I do feel hurt in my heart for her. But I also do see the other side of it where we are all trying to get through this together. I mean, you drive down the street and there's nobody out. All the businesses are empty. People are losing their jobs left and right. Oh, I could not be more sympathetic. But the fact that I am, you know, cracking jokes or making light of, you know, a situation does not mean for one second I'm not taking it seriously or that I'm not terrified. I have a seven-year-old asthmatic daughter. Like I'm real afraid and I'm financially stressed like the rest of the world. We're all in this together. So, I mean, 
I think if you go around just criticizing people for making light of it, like that's just how we're coping. Then I think that that's nice that you don't have the luxury. Like I'm Julie fucking cruise director over here with the homeschool and the cooking class and the, you know, like whatever. I can't just watch the news and be serious all day. You must not have a lot going on (laughs) if that's how all you Yeah. And I don't think those people are listening to us just saying. Just saying. (laughs) I don't think so. Because I think the people that listen to us are like. Uh, Let me just tell you a couple shout outs because these people are real cool for rating us. And since I know everybody has time on their hands right now, that'd be really awesome if you if you haven't yet given us a review. It really helps us and we truly appreciate it. So I want to tell you that this person, they didn't say their name, but their handle is this app is a joke, which is kind of funny. She wrote or he wrote, I think it's a girl, the nicest review to us. Um, And I want to thank you for doing that. It's long and it really says nice things. So we thank you. Bob Jostin says the best. Thank you. We are her go-to gals or him. I don't know. JPD125, one of my favorites. Thanks so much. Chardonnay. Did we talk about Chardonnay before? I don't know, but I like the way it sounds. I know. It's perfect with the champagne and the Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fell in love with the true crime podcast. Um, yeah, I think that's it for since last time. So you guys, seriously, please uh, rate and review us. That'd be awesome. You can... Also check out our Patreon or Himalaya Plus. Those come out on Thursdays with new episodes. And then we also have Panic Party. So check us out and stay safe and healthy, guys. Don't go outside if you don't have to. I agree. Concur. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.